Welcome to the Pointing It Out podcast. I am Megan Holmes here at the Needlepoint Clubhouse in St. Louis, Missouri. And I am Melissa McLeod at the Wool and the Floss in Gross Point, Michigan. We have been Needlepoint besties for a number of years now, and we love talking about all things Needlepoint. It's true. And whether we're talking about our friends in the industry or chatting about tips and tricks that we've learned over the years, we are just here to keep you company while you stitch. For the visual version of this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube at Pointing It Out Podcast. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Good. So um, I'm going to get to who this is over here. On, I always forget how this goes. She's on my left. I think when you're watching this, she's on your right. Either way, it doesn't matter. I will introduce myself first. If you are coming to us here on YouTube and you found this um, this episode, you um, have searched and found the Pointing It Out podcast here on YouTube. We are, I always forget to look, we are in at least our third year, at least our, mm, I don't know how many episodes, but that doesn't really matter. Um, But I am Megan Holmes and I am here at my shop uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, the Needlepoint Clubhouse. And together with my pal, Melissa McLeod, who owns The Wool and the Floss in Gross Point, Michigan, uh, we kind of came together and started doing this podcast to bring information and knowledge and education around our favorite industry, which is the Needlepoint industry. And so I am so excited to have my pal, who I can now call my pal, um, Ann Fisher, of, um, I guess, do you just call, is it Ann Fisher Designs? Is that the official? Ann Fisher Needlepoint. Ann Fisher mm-hmm. Needlepoint. Very good. So mm-hmm. um, I I reached out to Ann and I said, hey, um, would you like to be on the Pointing It Out podcast? And I said, we're going to do a redo. And she was like, yeah, I guess we have done this before, haven't we? And so... <laughs> When I very first, um, when this whole thing, this whole Pointing It Out podcast kind of started because I was um, terrified that I'd have to close my business during COVID. And so I started interviewing designers. I called it the Designer Sofa Sofa Series. And I think the very first one was our pal, um, Joanna from the Plum Stitchery. I think Don Lynch was early on. Rachel was early on. Anne was definitely one of the early ons to the point where I'm not sure that the interview that we did actually lives anywhere. And we were kind of talking about that. Yeah. We don't know if it was on Instagram, if it was on YouTube. Um, Melissa's daughter finally wrangled us and said, hey, if you guys are going to do if you're going to do all this like filming on Instagram, why don't you actually make it a thing and put it on YouTube? And so um, I've been sort of trying to reach back out to my original um, guests, I guess I'll call it, and sort of do a formalized version of what we did in kind of a really goofy way. Like I was laying on my couch. You were in your you called it. the plant yeah it was really dark like I was like holding my phone I think the kids were out playing beer pong with my mom like it was it was interesting yeah it was wild times and it was also times before we really understood how to set ourselves up on zoom and have lighting and do all the things so we Mm -hmm. are um redoing this now and I'm since the first time we spoke Ann and I have developed just a friendship and so I feel like I'm talking to a pal so I hope we can actually get to the gritty pieces of your business and we can educate people about all of what you do so and let's start at the very beginning why or when did you start needlepointing uh, so I started needlepointing um when my mom brought back a little sampler from Bermuda um, it was like little squares and 
you know, it would have been made into, well, not really a sampler, but it was four squares that then would have been made into a pillow with like ribbon in between. She had one um, and I finished three of the four squares. I've been trying to find them. I, I moved into the house I grew up in in 2012 and um, the basement is a treasure trove of um, childhood artwork and Aww. things from school and all that. And I've been trying to find them. I don't know where they are. She doesn't either, but um, that's when I started. I was probably maybe like 10, I think when I did that. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah, and then it dropped off. I really didn't needlepoint at all when I was in middle and high school um, and then picked it up again out of college and that was it. So you were stitching away and one day, like, I, I, like how did this, oh, wait, well, hold on, let me back up. Your degree, your education, is it in art? Do you have a formalized art degree? So it, I, I actually designed my own major because I went to a liberal arts school um, up in Connecticut. I went to Trinity College and um, I did want to go to Rhode Island School of Design. My dad thought that I needed a more rounded education. So I went to a liberal arts school and designed my own major in architectural studies. So I was able to take classes in um, architecture and Italian and art history. And basically I took virtually everything that they had at the school, French and whatnot, and designed my own major. And um, yes, I mean, I've been taking art classes since I was about four. Um, I've been painting and drawing since then. And so, um, after I had the kids who are 13 months apart, my husband decided to go to law school and I needed something to do. And I happened to be at a charity event and my friend had a small needlepoint business. And I was like, oh, where can I get some canvas? I want to do something for my mom. And she was like, oh my God, I forgot you paint. She's like, come to my house tomorrow. I'm going to give you some canvas and I want you to do a belt. And I was like, what? So she basically gave me, you know, paint these icons on a belt, bring it back to me. Let's see how you do. It was awful. Um, and I had to. I have a feeling it wasn't awful, but I am going to point out one thing. Like you can't just be a painter and all of a sudden make icons on a needlepoint belt. And I'm wondering if perhaps True. architectural. It, I, I am sort of very, um, my family would say type A, there's another word we could use, but we won't for the podcast. Um, so <laughs> it, it did kind of work for me because it is, it, I tell people all the time, it's, it's a graph. I mean, it's, you know, it's squares, um, but I didn't understand, you know, a lot of people think, oh, it's so easy. Just do it. You know, you just paint on it. It's just like canvas. And, and until you actually sit down and realize that's not the case. Yeah. Um, and that it takes a lot of time and planning and counting and numbers and whatnot. Um, that uh, consistency of the paints. I mean, this is it's yes. a different it's a different art form for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was definitely a learning curve for me. But then I got the hang of it, did a lot of belts for her. Um, and that's kind of how it started. So I, I started doing that when the kids were um, I think they were like two and three um, when that started. Wow. And so um, the kids now, I just know, are out of undergrad for sure. So this has been, is this 20 years? Uh, yeah, actually, they are about to turn 23 and 24 this year. So um, I've been doing this for over 20 years. Um, I did custom work for um, what was um, busy stitching. And then that turned into um, Trish's place. And then that I got passed along with the inventory to Stitch House, literally. Um, and um, 
I did custom work for Stitch House in Wayne for years, uh, as well as a number of other stores. Um, I think when it got out that I was doing custom work, all of a sudden I got calls from stores all over the country. I didn't realize um, how difficult it is to find a custom painter, uh, especially one who has a problem saying no. And um, <laughs> so I want to back up just a second, because the one thing I glossed over is you mentioned that you are living um, in your childhood home, but you didn't say where. Not specifically. We don't need your address, but you are in yeah. Pennsylvania. I am. So I live in technically St. David's, Pennsylvania, which is uh, about uh, 25 minutes outside of Philadelphia, right by Villanova, if people know Villanova right. University. So, And so um, you your local needlepoint shop would be then, in fact, Stitch House now. Yeah. And I can walk there. Yeah. No way. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like three and a half blocks away. Fun. And um, shout out to our pal there at Stitch House. Uh, mm -hmm. I've met her and we've had a fun time at market. But um, the uh, other point I wanted to make was, oh, so, um, you know, a lot of people now are getting back together with their stitch clubs. And so you've participated in, is it Stitch Stitch Club Philly? Is, is or, or what? Is yes, there, there was there was a Stitch Club. Club of Philadelphia prior to COVID and we did a couple things and then that kind of disappeared and now it's Stitch Philly um, which is being run by uh, Sherry Lambert and a couple other people um, and so I've done a couple things with them just gone and you know stitched and and that kind of stuff. So, Hang out. I yeah. always I think that um, a lot of what I love about this podcast is people learn things and they're able to expand both their knowledge and their reach. And so I always like to try to mention where Stitch Clubs are in case somebody's in the area and they want it to reach out. So Stitch Philly on Instagram is that the best? Uh, yes, Stitch Philly is on Instagram, and they're doing a. Um, I think their their next Stitch session is going to be. Uh, it's actually coming up. It's in February. It's going to be at Valley Forge Flowers, which is local um here like five minutes away and um th they have a great instagram they do they try to do a stitch thing like once a month whether it's on the main line which is you know where i live or whether it's in philadelphia so they try to do both awesome well we did not come here to talk about stitch philly we came to talk about ann fisher but i appreciate you helping me with kind of just yeah. getting so um mm -hmm. so you kind of got your foot or your toe wet or whatever the an analogy or whatever we want to say with the custom painting but yeah. then <clears throat> and you painted something for your mom. So when did you sort of formalize, wait, I kind of like this. I sort of want to make this because wait, let me back up a second. Sorry. I know too much. See, this is what happens when I talk to friends. I know. <clears throat> you had a professional career in architecture for a little while. No, no, you know, a full-time, another full-time job or no, never. No, I mean, I sort of, um, I worked in a gallery in Boston right out of college uh, and was in Boston. Um, my brother passed away, I died in a car accident. And so I moved home, um, back to Pennsylvania and Jake and I got married and soon after had kids and then the whole journey kind of started. So I, I was working as, um, an administrative assistant for a CRO, um, where I basically got to organize the, the CEO and CFO and loved it. Cause I'm, I love to sort of plan and Good organize plan. planner like that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you yeah. So then your so your life kind of gets a little crazy. You're home with mm -hmm. your kids. You're doing some painting, um, <clears throat> and I don't want to gloss over the fact of the craze. I mean, I, you had a lot of life, very significant life um, <laughs> yeah. things. So um, I don't mean crazy. I'm being respectful of that, by the way. But um, we have a lot happening in Anne's life, and then we get to I have these little kids. I'm going to paint. I'm doing custom painting, and then we start 
with some ideas for my own designs or like where's the next? Yes. So there were a number of people at Stitch House, both Lisa Hanhausen and Sandy Annesley owned Stitch House. And they were like, you really need to just start doing your own designs. Um, And initially, I think they wanted me to do them like exclusively for their shop. But I realized (laughs) that it would probably be better um, for me to to do wholesale. And at that point, I was working at Stitch House a couple days a week. And, um, you know, I it's interesting when you're on both sides of it as a custom painter and working at the shop and whatnot. So I decided to do the wholesale thing. And I I signed up for um, Destination Dallas and signed up for TNNA and um, whatnot. And so that was when Dylan went to college. That was 2017. She went to school and that was either my first Dallas or the one after in 2018. I, I can't, I think just, 2018 might've been my first one. So I think mine was 2018. Yeah. So, so that was my, was so 2018 of. was my first Dallas. Cause then Connor was also in school then. So that makes sense. Yeah. Crazy. So you went to destination Dallas with, you know, approximately how many designs and which ones? Um, I think I had maybe 25 designs. Um, and I was so nervous because I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I had reached out to Rachel Donnelly, who had given me tons of information. Um, I had reached out to a couple other people and I just was like, I legitimately don't know what I'm doing. Um, I don't know how much to bring. Um, you know, I think I brought like 10 or 15 of every design. Um, I knew that I, it was cash and carry and I knew that I needed to, you know, take orders and blah, blah, blah. And, it was so eye-opening, um, the whole experience of just coming in and, you know, you see Kate Dickerson, it's like, oh my God, it's Kate. Like, <laughs> the same way, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's just very interesting, but, um, yeah, I mean, one of my first designs, actually, I think we touched on this earlier, but this design of the, yeah. the zebra, uh-huh. um, so this came about because, um, actually it was for, a charity event um, that had nothing to do with Stitch House, but they, one of the owners had asked me to help come up with something for a a breast cancer um, charity event. And so I came up with a number of different designs that involved pink and whatnot. And this was one of them. Um, And so I just decided to put this in the wholesale line because I loved it. Um, So that was one of the first ones. And then this actually, this was the other one for that charity event. Although I definitely did floof it out a bit. Um, so those were at market. Um, in addition to the Nantucket bags that I did, um, because I realized that like there weren't um there wasn't anything like that on the market. I had not seen anything like that on the market. And um I did work in a shop, so I mean I had access to, you know, catalogs and and whatnot. And um I definitely Googled and did my research. So I did, I think, four different designs. I did the, the ones shaped like the basket, the big ones, and then I did the smaller ones, and I did some key fobs. Um, and I think I did some Y pattern, and that might have been it. Like, I mean, I legitimately had very, very little. And <clears throat> my guess is, is that it was a wild success. You probably didn't go home with a whole lot of inventory. I did well. Um, I was surprised. I took a lot of orders. And I mean, I, you know, everybody, I think most of the shops, when there's somebody new, they always try to stop in and at least buy one thing or meet somebody or, or whatnot. 
Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I signed up like for, I got a year and a half worth of trunk shows and, um, you know, it was great. Yeah. Isn't it amazing now? Um, even in, uh, so I've been in the industry about as long, I guess, um, five years and, you know, I feel like I've been doing this forever and I'm sure you kind of do too, but you know, the Kate Dickerson's, the Melissa Shirley's, the Raymond Crawford's the, you know, the list goes on of these people who started in such, but my, what I was going to bring up is just like the way the industry has ebbed and flowed and, um, grown and changed in the past five years is just kind of wild. I mean, yeah, there wasn't, I'm my, I, okay. So what I know of my own experience in the industry is that I started an Instagram account at the beginning, but it wasn't like where we lived and breathed. And I mean, we were local needlepoint shop, like, you know, and now there's so much activity on Instagram and on social media with needlepoint. It's just kind of wild. Well, that's the only way that I can do. I mean, that Instagram is literally the only way that I market my business. I mean, it's, it's free. Um, and it reaches the most people. I think Facebook's I mean, there are a lot of people that use Facebook. Um, so I just set it up to automatically post on Facebook. I rarely go on Facebook myself. Um, yeah. But it, it, it is, it's hard to kind of keep up with all the different algorithm algorithms and all that stuff. Yeah. And I honestly don't have time to worry about whether I'm doing enough reels and, and all that mess. Um, but it is, it, it, it has changed markedly. It's interesting, Rachel and, and Don Lynch and I were talking about this yesterday, how we don't even recognize today what the industry looks like versus five years ago. And, and I was just getting into it five years ago from a wholesale standpoint. So, you know, there used to be two shows a year for wholesale only artists. And it was, you know, that was my chance to meet the shops and they'd come in and, you know, there were these, um, cocktail hours and everybody would get together and there was a lot of camaraderie and it was just, it was just a really fun environment. And, um, I mean, this last market, like it was crickets, the, the market hours ended and we would look out over the balcony and there was nobody socializing. There was nothing going on. It's just, it's, it's really changed quite markedly. So you say that, and I'm going to address that and just, because I, I agree with you. I think there's two things that have changed. Number one is that those markets have grown so much that those of us who are wandering around shopping are so exhausted. <laughs> it's oh. like, let's grab a bite, let's have a drink and let's hit the sack. Um, but then the other piece I think is that there are there's so much pressure from all of us in every segment of the industry to get ourselves out. Like the minute we start getting new stuff, we have to get out because the competition online so it's there it's present and so we spend a lot of our time now literally uploading data getting it on our website doing all that and so it's not as it's not as calm and i think that's just life you know like i was playing in the dirt when i was my daughter's age and now she's like mom can i talk to my friends on you know facebook chat or whatever and i'm like wait no you mm -hmm. your hands dirty you know what i mean like i think life has just changed and so has our industry um oh but yeah that's besides the point. But what else has changed? What's so funny is I, as I'm thinking of Ann Fisher, I have decided to kind of crown you queen <laughs> of the wooden sled. Oh and you Lord. haven't even gotten to that part of your line yet. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about, so for those people who have been even in the industry for a minute in the last five years, I mean, you know, Ann's classic sled design is like everywhere. We sell them. It's, it's kind of like, I think, yeah. yeah. It's kind of the, don't you kind of call this the gateway drug to the Ann Fisher? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the thing is that I did this, I painted one for myself and stitched it and um, made it an ornament for me. And someone in the shop saw it come in, a, a customer, and they were like, oh my God, I love that. Who's the designer? And I said, well, I am. And this is when I didn't have a wholesale line. And she was like, well, can I get one? I'm like, huh. So I started thinking about that and putting it into the wholesale line. And um, I mean, it they flew. Like, I think I brought 75 to market and I sold 74. Um, the, the only problem was that my sample disappeared during market. Somebody Rats. decided to walk <laughs> off with that. But, oh, no. You mean your yeah. stitch sample? My stitch sample. Oh, yeah. Um, but... Oh, yeah, I mean, that's how, it, that's how it started. And then everybody was like, because, I mean, it's a great starter project. It's on 14 count, which is the other thing I do a lot of stuff on 14. Um, I which, wanted to bring that up because I always <laughs> mess it up. And I know I have it in my head for you is 14 count, but really quickly. So one of the reasons I think that sells so well is because we consider it a beginner project in our shop. You yeah. know, you can draw a easy rectangle around it and start in the corner, get your basket weave going. And then you've got simple colors, simple, but it's also, it says Christmas without having to say Christmas. It kind of mm -hmm. just says winter. And I think you can make it go either way, but you do this really, really well. And you're, and there's a couple of other people in the industry that do it too, but like take a theme and then like tease it out in like the newest, freshest ways. I don't know how you keep doing it. So how many sleds are there now? So that you call that the classic sled, right? Yes. That's just the sled um we probably should have counted this before i got on let me think I'm sorry well i'm just gonna say so there's one with a candle which is beautiful there's so there's let me think of it all it's all alphabetical so there's the 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 sled and then there's the blue crab the candle the uh high the gingerbread man the hydrangea the lights um the noel and then the nutcracker in blue pink and purple then the skate, the starf, the uh, yeah, the starfish, and then the um, it's actually a, a wreath with like scallop shells on it, or or um, no, the sand dollars on it. Okay. Um, but a lot of people think it's flowers or whatever, so whatever works for you. And then um, the Santa sled, which is. <laughs> has taken on a, a, a world of its own. Um, and then there have been a couple, there have been a couple customs. Um, sorry, that was my mother. I, again, I put it on do not disturb. Um, so there are, so there have been a couple customs for different shops. Um, so like uh, Louise's in Ohio has an Ohio sled. Um, and uh, I'm doing one for a different shop anyway, but yeah, so. It's it's just, and, and I think what's really cool about it is that somebody will buy that sled and then say, oh, but that one's so cute. And the other cool thing is they can do them in sets for like grandchildren. So it's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to do nutcrackers for the boys and I'm going to do the gingerbread for the, you know, it's just really fun. So you, so um, I'm giggling about the Santa sled because we here at the Needle Point Clubhouse came up with kind of a little bit of a um, salty name for it. And I'm going to let people do their own research on that because I'm embarrassed to say it out loud. I'm going to blush, but I would, anyway, we've sold so many of those Santa sleds. And the other thing is we had a, a customer who added that little accoutrement to it, the little belt. And it's, it's darling. It's fun. It's an easy stitch. It's good for a beginner. It's classic. It's awesome. So this is going to lead me though, right into, so the collaborations that you do, because, um, 
not only do you do collaborations with other artists whose um, artwork you license, but you've already, excuse me, also done some collaborations with your pals in the industry to be able mm -hmm. to sort of marry each other's pieces and parts of kind of what you're known for and put them together. So um, I think you have them there. So your sled yeah. collaboration. Yeah. So Rachel and I, Rachel Donnelly and I um, did her gingerbread boy and girl on my sled, yes. which um, these are on 18 count in order to get the detail and make them look like her pieces. Um, and I actually had to change the count a little bit on them, but um, I just loved how these came out. And I think that you can do so much detail and stuff on these and you do order these through me, but the needle minders of the little boy and girl you get through her and then she did, I know it's confusing. She okay. did a collaboration of her cups with my sleds on them, yes. <clears throat> which you order through her. And then Don did, uh, Don Lynch, Associated Talents, did the scissor case and the shift with my basket and whale on it. And then I did a backgammon board with his shifts on it. So cute. And, you know, I said this one time kind of briefly on a live, but I think it's worth... Um, rounding back to um, you and Don and Rachel all had specific consent from one another to yes. borrow each other's artwork. And yes. so you went to her and said, Hey, you know, we're going to do this. I'm going to borrow your, so it is not cool to just borrow someone's artwork and create at all. Um, and the reason it's not cool is because it just really kind of um, dilutes the industry and also just, physically takes money away from these people who have worked really hard to create this artwork. So, yeah. but I think it's also okay to point out that if I buy your artwork, if I buy the classic sled and I want to add an accoutrement to it, or I want to put my initial in it or whatever I want to do, I've bought the artwork, right? So um, I, I just think those are two points that are kind of important for the needlepoint industry to hear again and again. And we'll say it again for the people in the back. Don't borrow anyone's art unless you have right. this Explicit consent from that artist, but right. I mean, like for fun. example, yeah. if you don't want to do the hat, and you you are you think that you can count out the end, or you take like this sled and you decide that you can you know figure out the end here and you know to finish off the sled in this design, and you stitch that out and you get it finished. I mean, as long as you still tag me because it is. It was originally my design. You've altered it because you decided you didn't want the hat. I mean, I have no problem with that, but it's a matter of recognizing who the initial designer is and then um, giving them credit then, for the original artwork, right? Exactly. And then not deciding to buy canvas from your local needlepoint shop and counting it out and making 10 copies for your 10 friends. Like, that's not cool. I mean, the one thing I've always said, I mean, I am wholesale only. Um, but I've always said to shops, I'm, I'm more than happy to work with you on pricing or something like that. If it's multiples, if it's for, you know, a wedding party or whatever it might be. And they, they don't feel that they can afford to buy, you know, eight clutches or whatever for the bridal party, then call me because odds are, I would be happy to work with you on that. But sure. Sure. And I don't want to belabor that point because this is about Ann Fisher, not about industry um, things. But I, but I thought I think it's interesting, though, with the way you guys work together and took each other's pieces of art and put it together. And that um, 
it's important to recognize that that was done with permission and with yes. forethought and there was a lot of work that went into that. So, so I love that you've used those sleds as a collaboration with your pals. But the other thing that you do really well is you um, have recognized some artwork that's out in the world that you just loved, I think would be the way to mm -hmm. say that. And um, explain how you kind of go through that process because you have, um, what's the right way to say it? You've taken someone's artwork and translated it to needlepoint. Yes. Okay. So, um, for example, so Jean Mason is, uh, she and I went to the same school. Um, she's younger than I am and she is an amazing print artist and, uh, just artists in general. And so we were doing a lot of work at our alma mater for, um, our sesquicentennial. And I was realizing I just absolutely adore her prints. And so I was following her on Instagram and I saw some little watercolors she had done. And I was like, Oh my God, those would be the most beautiful, um, needlepoint. And I reached out and I was like, are you interested? And she said, absolutely. Because she does actually needlepoint and so does her mother. So the, the first, um, let's see if I have it. the first little watercolor I saw was this. And I wow. asked her if I could make this into a needlepoint. Um, so this is Queen Wilhelmina's poppies. Um, and the thing that's so great about her pieces is that, I mean, I like to use color, but she really loves color. And I mean, like, and then the mother duck, I mean, yes. I love this. Like, it's just got so much, I just would love, I, I, I always love to see them finished. I rarely get to see stuff finished. Um, and, you know, it, it's so wonderful to be able to take her stuff. This is C is for everything, which I just got back in stock. This is the one that has, so it's the color coral. It has the car, the camellia, the camel, I don't want my glasses on. Um, camera. It has the camera, which is somewhere. Um, it has the cat. The cat. Um, it has the crab in white, which is right there. Oh, funny. I don't even think I've ever seen that. That was like negative um, face that I didn't notice. Yeah. It has coral. So actually this, if you look under the camel. Yes. So under the camel is actually coral painted in coral paint, like the outline oh, of coral. Awesome. Yes, I never so, noticed that either. There are all kinds of things that you can find in here that you may have never seen before that are just really, really cool. And I just, I loved it. So I was like, yeah, let me try that. I mean, again, trying to take somebody's artwork and turn it into needlepoint is probably the hardest thing because you want to do their artwork justice. Right. And I thought that would be so much fun. And it, literally almost killed me but that's you know <laughs> and then this is her this is the market basket the uh, panier and um uh stitch style Ginny did a, a stitch guide for that which is on my website this one i love this is the market uh the fish market um there's so much going on in this and i'm actually dying to stitch this and put it on the bag that i take to my farmer's market oh um, fun yes I just thought it would be incredible just to like do like an open stitch for the ice. Cause like all of this pale, this is all ice. Yes. So these are like, that's the octopus and the mackerel and these are the scallops and these are the mussels and Amazing. like tins of sardines that are open and then different fish and the, the, yeah. the langoustines and then the lemons. I mean, people have actually done um, beads for the lemons and stuff. Um, 
and then this I took her where's oh, so this right. one yeah I forgot so I took the zebra so she has this amazing all over zebra print that I was having a really hard time sort of translating into needlepoint and not making it too crazy for people um and I was playing around with it one day and then it just came up into this form and that kind of took off and that's uh eight by eight seven by seven ten by ten so oh, it is ten by ten okay okay yeah. and then this you fits in the tray yes yes yeah Perfect. Um, and then this was at market this fall. Yeah. So this is one of her block prints. Like, I don't know if you've ever done printmaking, but it's like a block print. Um, and so this is the Marin coastline. Um, so it's got the sea lions and another little crab down here with some of the seaweed and just the, the Pacific coast highway. That's what we were trying to remember the Pacific coast highway going down. And, yes. um, and this one's coming. Um, we're, this is sort of we have to work on this area but this is san francisco <laughs> the bridge and the kind of the the fog rolling off the bridge is so yeah yeah and the whales and then the little ferry um and then she has another one which i'm hoping to get done it's going to be sort of in a like a dark hunter green and it's um it's the fort like the redwood forest and it's really oh, pretty there's cool. beautiful owl going through with like rays of light and it's just really really lovely um so and then i Mason, excuse me go ahead yeah so then um then i was looking around and so there's a um a needle pointer local who actually owns um it's it's called laa it's it's lauren addis um art collection and she works with various different artists and one of them is Sal Panashi. And um, if you go on the collaboration tab on my website, you can see the stories for all of them. But he actually was I'm probably butchering this and giving it in a very short whatever. But he was in an accident. He had to do uh, he had to go to therapy and he ended up doing art therapy. So he I think he was in finance and um, ended up having to do art therapy. And now he's an artist. And I mean, like across the world artists with things. So uh -huh. the first one I did was this one, which is the the lilacs and lemon. So pretty. And translating water, that's watercolor, isn't it originally? Yeah, this, this. Not easy. No, um, <laughs> no. Didn't realize like how difficult, and I used to do watercolor. So I was like, oh, we I'll got try it. it. No. Um, and then this is the floral with the sunflowers and the lilacs and, and whatnot. Um, and yeah, and those are all on thirteen or fourteen count. <clears throat> These are on fourteen. Um, and uh, Mary from Whimsical Stitch did the stitch guide for the lilacs and lemon. Yes, and you purchased those um, stitch guides directly through her, correct? Yes. Um, so there's a link on my website for those as well, but those go directly through them. Like I, I have nothing to do with the stitch guides. I just advertise that they're available. Exactly right. Yep. Got it. Yeah. People are loving um, stitch guides lately. We have been writing a lot of stitch guides here. So that's awesome to have that resource. Yeah. I think it helps some things come alive. Um, and then Joy of Needlepoint did a stitch guide for my um, Cape Cod Marsh um, piece. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And that's a uh, that's a square also, right? It or is. that one around. Hold on. She's going to grab it for us. Yeah. Oh, so pretty. Yeah. That's awesome. So there's lots of different you know, lots of different options and stuff, but I just like seeing it stitch because I think it gives people, that's gonna fall. Um, I think it gives people some suggestions that maybe they didn't think of or threads that they didn't think of, yep. you know? 
So we've got Jean Mason, we've got Sal Panashi, and then um, Emily Ruiz um, is an artist out of South Carolina. She actually works with vintage flags and she does flag installations. And so I did the um, May Your Tan Fade Slow and uh, Life Comes in Waves or It Comes in Waves. Um, those are both hers. Um, and so those are the three collaborations. And then the other one I did was for Ukraine and that's right. with Julia Krasnick. Um, she's a Ukrainian artist and um, that's the surfer girl. And um, I'm looking at the pond with the rowboat and the, we have that on our wall. The swans. Yeah. And yeah. those, those two, a hundred percent of that, I get nothing a hundred percent. And she doesn't either. A hundred percent of that goes to the world central kitchen. Um, yeah. So any other collaborations on your sort of agenda or, I mean, you don't have to share specifics, but you have something. I do have one. Um, it's we love actually, a good sneak here on the podcast. I well, we did. I, I did a real. So I mean, it's it's sort of snuck out already. But I am doing a collaboration with Paige Minier of the Pink Clutch. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. 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 Um, and I know the one you like is this one, which it's is the it. yeah. My only moral dilemma with that one is that my favorite pup is Rookie, my actual dog, but my second favorite pups yeah. are because I love a good Staffordshire dog. So, oh my gosh, I forgot about, yes, what was I thinking? Yes, those are awesome. Yeah. And she worked with the Grand Millennial, um, Nicole, and um, who I guess came up with this saying. Um, but so that comes in <laughs> pink or blue. And then they're going to be coasters also. Um, I really need more cardio right now than just tying bows, but I do tie a lot of bows. So I don't have the, I don't have the cam. Well, we're going to do coasters um, that just Yay. say please with like a bow. But um, yeah, so I'm hoping, hoping, hoping praying that those will be um available they should be for market in spring yes um and i'm hoping to do something with Paige and nicole where we can um actually meet in person and just introduce the canvases and and that kind of stuff which would be really fun i'm excited about that i would love to attend that i follow both of them on instagram and they're really fun they i love all the vintage style and the um anyway that's they're they're a lot of fun so good for you that's very cool yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to think now what, you know, what does the future look like for Ann Fisher Needlepoint? You like, know, that's a good question. I ask myself that every day. <laughs> Isn't it hard? As a, as a um, small business owner, you're like, am I happy where I'm at? Do I want to grow some more? Do I, um, are there new designs I want to do? Are there new collaborations? It's hard, isn't it? Well, it, it is hard to try to figure out the industry and the direction it's going in and how to stay relevant. Um, but also the one thing I try really hard to do is try to like keep my line, um, my line, if that makes sense. Like I, I don't want to do a design. I mean, even if I start doing something that, that I think is going to be amazing and I'm like, but how does that fit? You know, like it, it's kind of hard. I, I try to make sure that everything sort of makes sense. Um, you know, the term I coined, it has to be Ann Fishery. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, it does, you know, you can't yeah. have something so off the wall. That's why, that's why I love the collaborations because it does give me an outlet to do something different. That's not Ann Fishery, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, which is nice. Um, but yes, I do have, I mean, I, I have a couple custom things for shops. You know, people have reached out to me a lot lately and been like, Oh, you know, would you be interested in doing an exclusive? And and whatnot. And I mean, of course, I'm always open to doing that. Um, 
but yeah, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, what the market has in store in the spring. And I do have a lot of ideas. It's just um, the painting services are getting much better. That's definitely the turnaround time is getting much better. Um, but, you know, it's it's hard to kind of balance life and work. And it's been busy lately. Um, our son's moving to Charleston. Um, so we're doing that. But um, so, um, And he just graduated from undergrad, right? He did. He graduated in December and from University of South Carolina, and we moved everything home on like the 16th of December. And then he got a job on the 20th in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, so I got back last Friday. We went down Wednesday, Friday, looked at like eight different apartment complexes. Um, and we are packing up the U-Haul tomorrow uh, and oh my driving back down to move him in. Um, well, the good news he, about Charleston is there's a beautiful shop there you can visit. So you can go there, to needlepoint.com, right? There is. There is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for him and he's excited. It's just, you know, it's finally happening. I don't think I've really had time to sort of process the fact that it's actually happening because everything has just been going so quickly. But yes, yeah. And then our daughter's in grad school down in D.C. And so we will I mean, we've been empty nesters for a long time, but we will really, really be empty nesters. <laughs> they will have their own homes, not in school anymore. That's it's wild. Yeah. It's wild how fast. Uh, life moves. And then as a small business owner, you're also like, like you said, kind of like trying to like, hang on to how fast the industry is moving and the changes. And I think you're doing an awesome job. I mean, I can say that Thank as a, a, a industry friend and also a friend. I mean, I, I love working with Ann Fisher and for, um, you know, everyone who's kind of known you for five years, I think we're like ready to keep seeing what you got, girl. Like you keep doing very Ann Fishery things and we love it. And I have to say one thing that I forgot to ask you if I could mention, but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm always off the rails. So poor Anne, I had this idea and I said, Anne, let's do this. And she was like, okay. She created this collaboration between she and I. It's been about one year. Yeah. I have, well, I have what? one of it. Stitched, Anne. So it's almost time to move to the next step. <laughs> so you finished stitching yours? It's done. It's done. Are you going to, don't show it. No. Okay. I have it. I have one. I have one. Do we want to so, announce what our collaborative idea is or do we want to wait? We don't have, I think you need to see it finished. So I have it stitched and we're about to get it finished. So I, for those people who know that Ann and I have been buds, you know that I gave her this idea. She gave me this beautiful canvas. I, I stitched most of it about a year ago and then I got stuck and it is now finished. And um, I, I, I did like this little, I don't know if you remember this on Instagram. I was like, look, look I'm so excited. I've never seen my name STL next to Ann Fisher. And, uh, and everyone had people asked for quite a while after that. And then, um, I think that they kind of forgot because I'm taking so long to get it together, but we will get it together and there's exciting things coming and I'm super, super pumped to work with you. And, um, and yeah, so maybe this podcast will be the reason why we. Yeah. Well, I mean, the idea was, <laughs> the idea was interesting because you, somebody, you had seen something or someone who brought something in. And then I was like, oh, well, my mom used to travel with something. And then we were like, how could we do it? in needlepoint and then i think you talked to sue My um your finisher and it was like well yeah we could do that and then we figured out the measurements and um 
so we have the one design and then we were going to build like a whole thing off of just that one design. We'll, we'll see how this, you know, but we do have to figure out like numbers and stuff if this is actually going to. It will. We'll talk about it. I promise. <clears throat> so um, this isn't about me and Anne, but I think the point here is that um, this industry is awesome. I appreciate you taking time to talk to me. I appreciate the fact that you are so um, willing and able to kind of collaborate and work with people and, you know, invent things and reinvent things. And um, you're just oh, yeah. them in the industry. So I love that you are here with me and redoing this. And um, this has been really fun. Is there anything that we've forgotten to talk about? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, probably because it's already in our brain and we've already talked about it. We're just not really. <laughs> yeah. Well, if there is anything that we have forgotten to ask Anne or something that you're dying to know about her that you didn't um, hit subscribe to our the podcast, you're on YouTube, hit subscribe, and then you can um, make comments in the notes underneath uh, the episode drop. And then in, when other people make notes, then you um, I think once you're a subscriber, you get at least I get maybe not everybody does, but you can get um, uh, notifications. You can think of the word when uh, there's conversation. And so anyway. Anne's an, uh, I wouldn't say an open book, but I think Anne is more than happy to answer any other questions yeah. that uh, we were like, just forgot to talk about here today. Um, but this has been really fun and I appreciate you. And um, I guess that's all I have to say. Uh, thank you everybody for turning into, tuning into, turning into, gosh, I'm getting, I'm, it's morning. I'm drinking coffee. I should, I'm not, I promise this is not wine. It says it might be, but it's not, it's just coffee. But thanks everyone for tuning in and thank you, Anne. And um, I'll see you soon, girl. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Putting It Out podcast is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. For more information, please visit us on Instagram at Pointing It Out Podcast or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Pointing It Out Podcast. Shop online at Needlepoint Clubhouse by visiting stlneedlepoint.com and follow us on Instagram at stlneedlepoint. And visit the Wool and the Floss online shop at woolfloss.com and follow at Wool and the Floss on Instagram as well.